I doubt. I doubt he's right. Why? I'm actually even googling Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Strangely, you're not getting much in the way. No, of funny I'm enough, not, <laughs> all, all you're getting, getting is a review of the podcast. <laughs> they think this is really funny. I'm pretty certain it's just for them. Hello and welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. If you're watching us on the YouTube live stream, hello YouTube, everyone wave, just wave, come on, wave at them. Do it, it keeps them happy. Here. Thanks very much for watching us and thanks very much for joining us. If you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, any other platform that you might be listening to just on the audio podcast, that's great, thanks very much, but don't forget that the stream is actually something that we do and it would be really nice if we could support it once in a while. Just if you wanted to, okay? That's fine. <laughs> okay, so one, two, three, four, five. It's the usual awesome foursome, but we're also joined today by Rich, who comes from Penguin Random House. We also know him as well, uh, just to sort of yeah. put that straight out there. Uh, Rich is here to talk to us a little bit about the 2000 AD uh, audiobooks slash audioscapes, question mark. We're going to deal with that one a bit later, um, that have just come out and just been announced, so we're really excited about that. We're going to just very quickly introduce ourselves. Hello, Dan. Hello. Hello, Duncan. Hi, Tom. Hello, Russ. And then. Rich, what's up? Hello. All right. <laughs> and it's me, Tom. Uh, so, anyway, before we get going, I would just like to say, in a complete surprise to the man himself, Dan, it's your birthday today. What? Yes. Oh, no, there we go. Happy <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you've you. only just found out at nine in the evening. So, amazing, Thank isn't you. it? Amazing, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, this isn't the fifth time we've had to do this because of technical <laughs> problems so it's a complete surprise to everyone i'm shocked absolutely okay so what we wanted to do is we wanted to start this episode off because it is your birthday just some very personal love letters i went into a very long rambling thing about that time that we you know down by the waterfall uh, it, got, it got a bit uncomfortable to be honest i'm quite glad that one didn't go out got weird for everyone i just want to say dan is the man that kind of pulls us all together he's the glue that sticks my bed sheets to my duvet. Um, it, he's the guy that basically just makes sure that all this happens and we do all sorts of things together and, and stuff like that. We've played in bands together. I love you very much. I couldn't, be, couldn't be happier that you're celebrating another year on this planet and I hope you never, ever leave my life. Uh, yeah. And who is going to go next? Let's go for Random Light. Shine your light on Russ. You tell him why you like him. So I was, try- I was trying to think of some of my favourite anecdotes. <laughs> not Russ, whatever year this is. Not the coat hanger. <laughs> uh, no, well, so I mean, obviously, my favourite anecdote is just absolutely not possible to 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 go on here. But uh, yeah, we, we they they do mainly involve you getting into difficulty in toilet situations. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite is is the t- one of our first trips to Glastonbury together when you were we we, we got the coach there. Yep. Uh, and you would been, you know, knocking back the ginger beer on the way there <laughs> and didn't take into account the sort of the six mile tailback that leads into the car park. And by the time we got there, your knuckles were gripping the back of that seat in front of us so hard that I think you left fingerprints on them. And then when the, when the coach stopped, like it was a bit busy, it's a bit like on a plane stops, everyone tries to get up at once, they get in their bags, but you just disappeared. There was a little trail of dust leading to the portaloo next to the coach park and one of them was just sort of I was rocking. the first person off and um, uh, yeah. when you came out 
I was I was almost jealous of the experience that you've been through because when you when you came out, you looked the happiest I'd ever seen you <laughs> having believed what you needed to do. So uh, and I don't think I don't think you've you've ever re- regained that high ever since. No, that was that was the best. I've tried so hard. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes I cut it too fine, and then that's just <laughs> that's just like a, a shattering experience. Instead, I, I um, so we sat down and um, I drank a liter and a half of water because carrying your tents thirsty work, and um, then as soon as we sat down, the the guy came over the tannoy and said and uh, just to let you know the toilet's not working and your face russ after you saw me <laughs> carrying this like empty bottle of water was hilarious because <laughs> you knew exactly where that was going to go i mean having drunk that bottle the solution very much was in your hands there but you, you didn't take that option and, and yeah. that's credit to you i think yeah, yeah. probably for the best mm. so yeah that's good and i think everyone should be feeling free to share anecdotes at inopportune moments the second that they even pop into your head during the rest of this podcast. Mm-hmm. The second. Um, Duncan, why do, why do you like him? Um, <laughs> We're going, going all around, are we? Okay. <laughs> My love letter. Dear Dan. Um, why do like, you like him? <laughs> why? Like why? <laughs> you, you, should, you should be really... Duncan's original idea was to do a slash fiction episode about this. <laughs> so... Got off lightly, really. Each of us writing about the other making sweet, sweet love. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a Google like doc, there's a Google Doc out there, Dan, that you don't need to see. It's it's <laughs> awful. It's send it to me. <laughs> no, it's not brutal. Um, <laughs> I've been well been friends with you since um, those halcyon days of Verulam. Oh yes. Oh, how sweet they <laughs> were. Um, you know, we've we were we've been in a band together. We've we started a band together. We did. Um, Still, my I even sang with you, and I was atrocious, so I apologise for that. That's all. Um, yeah, uh, favourite anecdote. Yeah. Uh, there's so many. I mean, my favourite thing is how your dad permanently trolls you better than anyone ever could. Oh, he still I does. think he still, still does. does. <laughs> I love him for it. Um, I think my various ones are how you and I would... Uh, this is going to probably come out sounding dodgy, but you and I would drive around Hertfordshire. We would play maybe little miniature games mm. or maybe. something. No or maybe. What talking about, yeah. Don't know what we're talking in, about. In the car. Yeah, it's very Yeah, in the car. <laughs> and, and you and I just... Well, I, you used to fall... If we had been over in Hatfield uh, with another friend driving back, you used to fall asleep. My driving yeah. was that soothing and calming in a Ford KA. Oh, I've got some bad news for you. Like, That's not as soon as I, I get in the car, it. that is like... <laughs> you better like not be doing that behind the driver's seat. For me. Like, there's I'm, I'm there's lots of words I'd associate with being given lifts by you in that car, Duncan, <laughs> but soothing and <laughs> calming and not are not ones that immediately no. leap to mind um, finish anyway, little you, snack there don't worry yeah. <laughs> well you were talking so it was fine uh, <laughs> you he, oh, you know. he does know people can see him doesn't he yeah <laughs> occasionally um, Henry Zabrowski bringing the chaos yeah. uh, I was lost, totally lost from my train of thought now yeah, Thanks, keep, it, keep, keep it tight Duncan keep it tight keep it tight uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Driving Dan, you, home from I, I friends. Do, 
I do two podcasts with you, you and we still talk to each other, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, Emma blames you for or getting into American football, and she's right about that. Sorry, so uh, but, um, <laughs> that's all right. Congratulations. <laughs> she's nodding. Um, <laughs> but it is, you know, we've been friends for... You've been there. You're you're a great mate. So Aww, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for all you, of this. You, you know, there's wonderful. a lot we all thank for, but I do remember with great fondness, and I still go past... I still cannot go past um, a set of cones with lights on without thinking oh, we could get those and then yeah. looking over and go I don't have Dan with me <laughs> what's the point <laughs> where's yeah, the fun was... how are we going to divert traffic and that is it actually that is probably my favourite is when we divert <laughs> well the numerous times that cones and ro- road signs were diverted and wasn't it around Verilum that you all diverted cars no <laughs> No, that didn't happen. <laughs> this may have, everything. Morgan. This may have grown <laughs> slightly over the years. I think what actually happened was two cones were moved slightly, and then in the telling, it's become <laughs> two hundred miles of tailbacks around the country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a long time ago. Mm. You got to tell a legend. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Rich, you've got thirty seconds. Uh, so <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I go ahead. You, I find you entirely tolerable. Hey, um, thank you. I find um, you more than tolerable. I've almost forgiven you for making me guitar tech for you in the horn for all those years. Oh, I'm to sorry. Have to go outside <laughs> and change your strings outside the toilet. Um, um, no, you're the you're the person I ring when I'm in a really shocking week. Actually, I think that's the mm. biggest uh, praise I can give you is when I'm in a really rubbish time. You're the person I always want to talk to. No, oh, thank you. you. I can't give you a specific instance, but you're you're a, you're a, um, you're an excellent um, sanity sounding board. Thank say. you. That means a lot. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Dave. That was, that was almost birthday, sincere, which coming from me is impressive. Yeah, it really was, <laughs> I, so thank you. I think it's really appropriate that we're doing 2000 AD because, you know, 2000, you know, you know I'm so used... It, we're we're going to be dealing with um, a ruthless lawmaker who just enforces the rules. <laughs> and then we're going to be talking about <laughs> Judge Dredd. Ah! <laughs> uh, Got to visit the underground sometimes the I do get, little, get carried away and I do apologise so yeah <laughs> love you for it Dan no, but fine. I just had to get it in there it's fine this, this is exactly podcast, what you said this podcast would be would be far worse if it weren't for your censorship and telling me what I can and can't say uh, yep. key points I think, I think we've, we've all been censored by Dan at some point absolutely <laughs> Hashtag silence. <laughs> you all have at one point. Cancelled, yeah. surely. But there we yeah, go. Canceled, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all fixed in post. Removing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ten minutes of a podcast. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well look, Dan. Yeah. Some more anecdotes are probably going to come out at a key points, so you're just gonna have to brace yourself for that. Um I'm gonna hand over to you, Dan, because I think having listened to quite a lot of these audiobooks that we've got Rich young rich here to talk to us about i'm gonna hand over to you mate yeah, Happy i'm, I'm, not, I'm not gonna way. say Happy too birthday. much because I, I want to hear all about these because having listened to them they are excellent for starters um excellent five are coming your way <laughs> but it's it's <laughs> is that official random house uh policy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's what what i've heard of them they are I, th- I think the best way I can describe them is they are exactly what I expected in the best kind of way, which was I knew how much work's gone into them, and I knew that that they were going to be excellent, basically, and they were. They they were exactly what I wanted from this. So, like, we just want to hear, I think, more about them in general because th- it is really good. 
so so where did the idea where did the idea come from and and first of all for the the benefit of everyone that's not mates with rich yeah who are you and what do you do there you go (laughs) god i've been doing podcasting for like eight years now So, yes. Rich, who are you? What, what, what do you do? How do you come into our life? So <laughs> when I'm not sort of lurking around on Zoom calls with you lot, um, my my day job is so I I um, I'm the publisher for audiobooks at Penguin, which means sort of most of my time is spent making audiobook editions of um, titles that are being published in print or that were published in print many years ago we're doing quite a lot of that at the moment as well um and these are a, a sort of slightly different take on the audiobook mm. i guess so over the last so i've been working in audiobooks about five years and over that time we've been doing more and more work where you might look at the print book and think okay that's not going to make sense as an audio recording mm. and we've been trying to sort of translate those titles whether it's cookbooks or illustrated kids books or um books of poetry um we've examples of all of those recently um into audio editions that are a little bit more than just somebody reading the words you know that, that are enhanced in some way and that kind of try and convey a little bit of what you're getting from what's on from the illustrations and, and from what's on the page and we um started talking to 2000 ad probably a couple of years ago now um, about the idea of adapting some comics and that um, we've been, these have been in production for about, I think probably about the last six months and essentially what we're doing is taking the, you know, the original comic, including the illustrations, so these are scripted not from the original scripts but from the graphic novels themselves, mm-hmm. so we're, we're writing scripts from the, from the, the printed version with the illustration and art um, you know, taking that and trying to transcribe that into audio. So, you know, in the case of some of these, you know, that is a that's that you, you're kind of building on something that already has an, a narrator and a narrative voice. So, slaying the horned god is maybe slightly closer to an audiobook because you've got a coded narration the whole way through that kind of carries the story, and you're then building out sound design and music and composition and everything that kind of fills in the gaps. You know, when you've got you know multiple armies charging towards one another with two dragons fighting above you know you're not going to just tell that story you've got to you know you've got to kind of play that out and so there's there's big kind of sound design pieces there and i would say on you know things like the two judge dread stories that we've adapted you know that you've got music and sound design and composition there that is is not just conveying what's happening it's giving you the feel and the mood mm-hmm. and it's giving you it's kind of putting you in mega city one without having to add loads of additional text because the whole way through doing this we knew that we wanted to stick to what was already on the page and there's very few deviations from the wording you know we haven't added the typical way of doing this is you add tons of additional narration that describes what's happening in the in the panels and we yeah. knew from the start we didn't want to do that mm. so these are you know tom you, you kind of alluded to this at the start but these are they're audio books like they're very enhanced they're full cast there's music, there's sound design, there's sound beds, there's anything you want to care to name. But fundamentally, they're, they're the book, um, you know, done as an audio edition. I mean, this yeah, is the thing, isn't amazing. it? It's essentially you're trying to take, especially when it comes to graphic novels, something that is an audiovisual thing that you require, you know, it almost requires while you're reading the comic book to see the picture, to read the words, to have the 
the kind of the the story painted for you in front of you. The fact that you've actually managed to make that purely out of sound, so that it it's it becomes something that you are now having to see in your mind rather than see on paper. That must have presented quite an interesting um, hurdle, I think, for this project. Would you agree? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. It's definitely. And I there think, was a question then. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, that makes sense. And I think the like, the thing I'd say is like I I didn't do any of that. So you know that we have an amazing production team who made these, and like you know, um, particularly Chris Thompson and Kate McDonald, who are the kind of primary creative leads on these for us, like deserve all the credit. The world has done an absolutely amazing job, and you know those guys between them in scripting these. You know, we we started from the original, the original graphic novels. We pulled all the text out and then went through. You know, literally, you're going through the comic, like panel mm. by panel. What's in there that's not spoken out loud? Like, how? Do, like, does that need to be in the audio or not? How do you get it in? Is there a way of working it in? You know, there's a reveal scene in. I won't spoiler it, but there's a reveal moment in America where we spent ages picking apart like how how do you do that yeah it's that's a really complicated message to get across and you know there's there's some moments you know action scenes particularly in fancy and slain you know you can convey an awful lot of what's going on because it's lots of people shouting at each other and whacking each other with swords and that is you know it's labor intensive but it's not complicated to convey some of the action scenes in Dread, where you've got gunfights and people jumping in out of windows, and but, you know it's really complicated to get across. But if you're trying to do that without adding loads of additional description, which was the brief to ourselves the whole way through, yeah, it's it's really tricky. I think I think like, honestly, you guys have listened. Mm. Like you you can be the judges of whether it works or not. But it really well, does. Well, I, I mean, think it does. Like I think you can follow it. I mean, yeah, it's, to me, it's quite actually, amazing what they do. It. it I mean, I used to occasionally, when doing some long drives before I got into podcasts, listen to Radio 4's Afternoon Play, and that's a play. This reads like one of those, and you go, this is an audio, technically an audio book, but it's a play. It really is such a mm-hmm. fantastic uh, production. Like in, I've only listened to America fully, and partway through Slane. I'm loving Slane. I loved America. Um, but like the Demolisher coming through, that was really, really effectively, mm. that really stuck in. I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. How do you get something that big and menacing? Well, you, you, you did it. It, it, was, it was intense. And then the way how it really threaded the whole story of connecting all these slightly different stories in America to the overarching sort of um, narrative art it was it was really really well done yeah um, america i mean so two in, what i think are incredibly complimentary things to say about it firstly the best one of the best things about it is when i listen to america and when i listen to the pit they sound like they're in two different places like and and you can tell that like the pit is slightly like more like dreary more drudgy kind of like the, this is the worst of the worst kind of areas yeah. whereas when you listen to america it's very much he's in a, a lot of the time he's in an office yeah. uh, the other thing the other thing i would say is i can tell the difference between guns in it so like mm-hmm. when one when one different gun one gun goes off i can tell you that it's different from like another gun that they've mentioned they have to mention like what the guns are for me to do it but like 
I could tell you what uh, it's, the, it's the lawgiver the guns in dread isn't it yeah mm. I could tell you what the lawgiver sounds like compared to like another gun in 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 those and I think that's speaks volumes to even like that that's kind of a big part of particularly the pit with the guns as well so like it, it's the fact that they they've obviously had to spend time thinking about how to make it work and they, they've really nailed it like it's yeah you, yeah you can it's, it's obviously nobody's just gone to like a mm. stock sound effects library and downloaded mm. you know your 100 free gun sound effects off of youtube yeah. and stuck in this this is just oozing with care and attention mm. and real effort that's gone into sort of solving that problem of how do you tell a visual story without any images yeah yeah so, yeah, like, yeah there was a back and forth that i was involved in at one point about what does dread spike to the lawmaster what does that sound like mm. and it's like chris was talking there's a there's a there's a video um that we're putting out so tomorrow as we record and stream this and yesterday if you're listening on the podcast um which is a kind of making of thing and that that'll go live at, at some point tomorrow and i think chris in that is talking about um the process of how you kind of create the sound of that bike and like the most <laughs> useful thing that we all realized was the bike's supposed to scare the crap out of people yeah like all the judges yeah. here if you think about dread as social commentary mm. you know the point that dread's making is that like all of the gear all of the armor the uniform the face masks the bike it's like it's a tool of repression right that's the that's mm. the yeah, you, particularly the, the the bikes. Whenever you see them drawn, they're always like looming out of the panel at you. They're sort of the, there's a weird forced perspective on them. Yeah. Dreads kind of tiny at the back, and the thing is just like roaring into your face. And, and dreads massive. The, <laughs> so it's the fact that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so if, if you, I suppose if you think about it like logically, mm. you go, well, it's that you know they're probably going to be electric. They're probably just going, mm. but that's not <laughs> going to be very effective. Yeah. So but no, but gotta... you, you can spend a long time, and I know because I've done it, yeah. like going through like bike engine clips on YouTube. Like, Tom, this is what you do for fun, right? I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, and, and you're kind of like, okay, no, that's just, that just basically sounds like a hairdryer mm. yeah. right up to like, even the Harley clips don't work. So you've mm. got to go to the like, the, the souped up Harley's where someone's really spent time making that bike even louder than it normally is. Mm. And then obviously it can't sound like a 20th century motorbike. So you've got to layer on, there's like levels of, of, um, of sounds on kind of layered on top of the sound of the bike engine to get it to sound that sort of slight bit otherworldly. Um, Amazing. Mm. And that's the, yeah, I suppose that's sort of the thought process. But it's, I think it, it's interesting what you're saying about America versus the pit because they're really different stories. Yeah, you know the pit's like a it's like a hard bitten cop thriller. America's yeah. kind of quite reflective and yeah, it's, it's, it's dread in social commentary mode, and that's part of what we were trying to do is you know find those stories that that felt like there was you know they stories that really had something to say, I suppose, yeah. but particularly now. So America, America written last dread's, year. like the character dread is 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 not really a main character in mm. america as much he's he's very much sort of on the periphery observing and commenting and things but he's not he's not kind of driving the the plot in the same way well, and yeah it's got it, a very different feel to it. it's got that sort of very kind much of the villain in lost optimism feeling in america yeah whereas yeah, yeah. The, the, i love the pit it's I, i've just finished reading it again it's um yeah it's, it's basically just like a really cool crime procedural mm. but yeah, yeah in this amazing setting 
Yeah, it's, I mean, in it's, the, it's like a police procedure, isn't it? In the pit, he's more of a hero, whereas, isn't he? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it. that's the question, isn't it? Mm. Is Judge he Dredd, hero or not? I mean, you could spend. I mean, people have spent so, many, many hours arguing about this sort of thing. I know, but I mean, in, in America, he, he really doesn't really come across he, as he's, the yeah. Although, like, of the judges in America, I don't mm. think he comes over the worst by yeah. any means. <laughs> well, that's saying something. Although, to be fair, this does actually take us down a down quite a good path, really, I guess, is the point, is that when you're dealing with a comic book property like this, mm. um, you're going to have people who have been reading the comic books for years, in love with the characters for years, can pull these characters apart, have very specific ideas of who should play them in any sort of live action or other media format. So let's do the thing that we always like to do. Let's talk about the talent. Mm. Who and how and why did you come to pick the people that play the characters in these books? Let's start with Dredd, because it's a good starting point. Mm. Well, it's like the whole the whole brief to ourselves the whole way through was we wanted people who could who would sound right first and foremost and that sounds blindingly obvious but mm. like how they're going to sound on tape is is the ultimate thing of how much yeah. people are going to enjoy the experience so you've got to think about their ability to do the character and then i think you know below that you've got we wanted people that were going to be comfortable in in these worlds and so people that kind of understood how to perform sci-fi or, or fantasy in the case of Slane and, and were kind of comfortable in genre roles. So people mm, that it's have a very heightened kind of performance that must be... This is not your sort of mumbly method acting type thing. You've really got to be prepared to step out of your comfort zone a bit, I'd imagine, with this. Yeah, and it's like they're quite full-on performances. You know, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of, like there's screaming and dying and you know you've got to go right at it so you know people that were going to be comfortable really going for it but we also wanted people that were going to bring something slightly different i think to the roles because like particularly characters like dreads that have been played before and you know really famously in two cases particular dread mm. uh, you wanted someone that worked that we, we wanted people that weren't going to do it in a way that felt just like it was knocking off what had already been done i love that um so, so that was that was a steer. So, like pe- people that were, were going to be comfortable in the world, and and people that would deliver the right performance, but, but didn't feel like they were the obvious choice necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. like so. So Joseph Fiennes plays Dread, and and yeah. what I like about what I've always understood, it's the same issue I have with Batman when I see things, which is like Batman doesn't need a scary voice to be scary, like. Batman could have a very understated voice, and I think Joseph Fiennes kind of does that. Joseph Fiennes sounds like a cop, and but you're imagining Judge Dredd, and you're imagining Judge Dredd is incredibly scary. He doesn't need to to to, to be growling his way through that, and I think he does an exceptional job in this. If I'm honest, I really really like it. Yeah, I think like, I think it's interesting because I think people are very invested in that character, like mm. of all of them, like particularly in, in Dredd, and you know there are. You know, I think there is the the Carl Urban depiction is probably like the archetype, and that's yeah. what people will measure this against. Honestly, mm. I think in in audio, like what you've got in Joseph Fiennes is a very it's quite nuanced by comparison. Yeah, and yeah. it's quite like it's more it's like he's menacing, right? It's threatening, mm. quite a dark portrayal of dread. I think particularly in America, it's quite 
like there's an undertone of nasty in there and i think you know the work that he we were looking at handmade tale and mm. looking at the, you know that kind of that performance and that's where this came from it's that kind of dystopian um experience that he's got that really drew us to him i think yeah um, you, you can tell it, it's it's not like a hundred percent all the time you can tell when he's angry you can tell when he's upset and you can tell when he's in control of a situation as well yeah yeah it comes yeah, across really I, well yeah and i think particularly like particular of the two particularly for america like mm. you need someone that can do that you know it's like you said he's he's in really morally questionable territory mm. the whole way through america everything's happening in that story is unsettling and it's meant to be yeah so it's like you're supposed to find it i think a bit disturbing even though i, I think arguably of the judges he is a good guy in that in that particular strip but like mm. the whole thing is is really quite unpleasant in a way so you've got to feel that yeah so it was it, so it's it's dread as all of those things rather than dread as dread as like the drill sergeant which is what you're maybe more used to seeing him yeah um do yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was Dread more... the politician, really, which was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, he kind yeah. of you, you, you see more sides of Dread in this in in these stories. That, like, so the the films, if if you're thinking of those kind of representations, it's you know, I mean, I think we can broadly dismiss the earlier one and the Carl Urban one is, is basically it's a it's a massive long action scene. It's not mm. hugely a dialogue driven movie, so. No. The way he plays it in that is, is very effective for, mm. for doing that, but you couldn't really use that kind of portrayal if you were trying to get some actual nuance and you know some humanity into that character because he's more he's he's not Robocop he's he, he's a, a sort of layered complex being so mm. it's uh, yeah it's nice to be able to actually see some of that or hear rather some of that coming through yeah yeah, yeah definitely Patterson Joseph is the narrator he has one of the best voices mm. I've, I've heard in a very long time. He's perfect for it. Yeah, I love him. V- very soothing, but at the same time, like very uh, uh, immediate. Everything you're listening to, everything he's saying, and he cuts right through, like anything in the background. He's, he's perfect for it. Yeah, no, I, I like. I, yeah, I, I love. I love him as a performer. I think the stuff mm. he's done. Like I, I used to love his character Neverwhere. Going yes. back absolutely young. um the most common response to us announcing that he was doing it was peep show actually like everybody in, uh, there's just a million responses on twitter just uh, uh not a million i wish there were a million but there were lots of responses on twitter like, like peep show memes um that seems to be the, the sort of predominant reaction to it but yeah no he's amazing he's mm. like we've like, we've worked with him before um he read the three musketeers for us a couple of years ago which you should also mm. listen to it's brilliant on it. Um, yep. but he's like he's a great narrator and a great character actor and i think that like that combination of things really works for that part mm. did you ever consider getting uh andy circus or Stephen fry uh involved <laughs> in any of these audiobooks or when when you're talking about any audiobook is there kind of like a timer running before somebody says Stephen fry it can't ever be that long before somebody suggests him well we like so we publish Stephen anyway so we have um we've done the mythos series with him so i mean we talk we talk about Stephen Fry a lot um uh but like as, not as this, is right i guess not for this so like, you know and, and i think the sense was you know if you look at the big 
if you look at the big casting choices in this, they're all people who have like, who played vaguely similar roles at least mm. before. So you know, Joseph finds Hammer's Tale. You know, there was a degree of kind of obvious synergy there. Sheila Atim is in The Underground Railroad, which is the big upcoming Netflix Colson Whitehead adaptation, and is phenomenal. I think she has an amazing job. Colin Morgan in Slane, you know, we were talking before we came on about the Merlin connection and the mm-hmm. fan base that he's got from that. Um, you know, they're all they're all great. And then, you know, I think actually the, the Brink casting is phenomenal. So like Richard Armitage is amazing. Mm-hmm. And Nina Sasania, you know, when we were talking to Dan Abner about the part, we'd we'd sketched a shortlist and mentioned her name. Mm-hmm. And Dan was saying, look, actually that is she's literally who I was picturing when I was writing the character. Um, so, you know, and her playing, um, playing the lead in that is phenomenal. I think she does an amazing job. Mm. So kind of across the board, um, you know, it kind of feels like you've all, you've kind of got those people who've got that, the right, the right performances and the right kind of resonance. I am definitely going to be saving Brink until... Same. Uh, like, because Emma's a big Richard Armitage fan, so I am kind of saving it for, um for when we can probably listen to it together because I think those two together are just going to be wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. I mean, I'm loving Slane. I love mm-hmm. that. So talking of casting, like Slane is perfect. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, were, the, were these all the people who are like, oh yeah, they, they, they can do it because, you know, when it needs to be sultry, it sultry. I mean, I was driving, so <sighs> I had to get, try and keep control, but you know, it was quite, um, <laughs> I was in the camper van, so, you know, it's easy. I could just pull over and pull the curtains. It'd be fine, but... Um, what everyone was after was logistics there, so I'm, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. That's, good. That's the detail we need. That's the highway code-approved way of doing it, though. Pretty well. It's like answering um, a mobile Slane, phone. Slane was yeah. probably the one that I least had a sort of preconceived idea of how it mm. would sound, if you know what Same I mean. Here. Like, yeah. I think with Dread, I was like, yeah, I know what Dread sounds like, even though, of course, you don't. Although... The first ten seconds of the pit, the sort of the way it just you, it, it puts you in yeah. the the world so well. Um, I wasn't I, I wasn't really expecting that. It was so cool. But um, yes, I think so, literally just the guy's voice is not something I'd ever really kind of thought about how it would actually sound. So that's it's it's yeah. really interesting to actually mm. hear it come to life. It was phenomenal because like we when we were first thinking, okay, can you actually take a graphic novel, not re-script it, and just tape it, we actually got someone to demo the opening, uh, it was 15 minutes or so, of Slain. Hmm. So I, there's a really, really early version, which is all like guide voices and some kind of quite basic sound design. Like the guy we got to do it was really enjoying himself, so I went a bit to town, but more so than we were expecting. Mm-hmm. Kind of was writing was you know writing big theme songs and so on. But so there's a version of that opening chunk um, with different voices in it that we kind of used as a I guess test case for whether this would work. So when I got the fir- got the final mix of Slain, you're listening to that and it's the same words and and roughly the same kind of structure around the sound design, but different voices. And when Colin Morgan comes in and gives the first line which is him, he's like, he's being dragged along in a cage, and he's like, I can't remember the exact wording, but it's like, um, if I ever get out of here, I'm going to kill you. Directed, okay. I was like, that is absolutely, like, not having heard, not having like, heard the final version before, 
is absolutely the voice in, your, in my head. Certainly, like, I don't know. It won't be. It won't be the voice in everyone's, and that's the great thing about these. Mm. Is you know, everyone's got their own version of that character, and, and everyone will hear it differently. Um, but yeah, I think he absolutely nailed it. I think he's brilliant. Personally, I'm really looking forward to the idea that um, projects like this will come to do for properties like 2000 AD. The that, for instance, the Peter Jackson films did for Lord of the Rings was to put identifiable sounds, looks, feels, something that would make the property identifiable to all new markets that might have missed it. You know, for 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 someone like me, I read Lord of the Rings you know as a book before i saw any films and stuff and then finally when i see it now gandalf whenever i read the books it's always ian mckellen's voice that i hear in my ears <laughs> i'm hoping now ian mckellen ian mckellen ian mckellen gandalf the you know and I'm, I'm hoping that that's what this will kind of afford 2018 not that it you know it, it isn't well known but just that now people will be able to put identifiable faces, names to these performances um, and actually open it up to a whole new market. This is a new way to experience it. I mean, I know the one thing people are clamouring about for, for Dread is a sequel to the Dread film that had Carlo Ban in it. And it's unlikely that we're going to be seeing one really ever. It's, I think it's great now that Dread can live on in this. That must be something quite of a... Uh, of a hook for uh, Penguin Random House to hang their hat on, really. Well, I guess it. I, I, the only the only thing for me is like it cuts both ways, right? Mm. It's for ev for every person that either comes to this new, and so that's their version of those characters, or who like feels you hit it on the head. There are always going to be people who it doesn't quite sound like them, or it's, you know. So, like, I think you've got a the comics are the definitive versions, right? That's the original. That's mm. what it was written for. Mm. You know, someone like someone like Alan Moore has talked a lot about, you know, he loved comics because he felt like you could write things for comics that you couldn't write for anything else. So I think, you know, you've got a... Coming at this as, as an adapter of the original work, you've got to be quite respectful of the fact that you never nail it for everybody. Mm. And you've got to be kind of relatively comfortable with that, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like certainly that point around bringing some of these stories to new audiences, that was sort of the original thing for us is, you know, there's a lot of people out there who might be a bit familiar with 2000 AD. They might, they might they certainly probably know who Dread is. You know, if you're mm. an SF fan, you probably know who Dread is, but you won't necessarily have read these. You won't necessarily have got into the characters and like they're really, like they're really current. They're yeah. really contemporary stories. They've got so much to say some of these were written 25 plus years ago like they've got so much to say about the world we're living in right now it's like all good science fiction it's it's a, a mirror held up to the society you're living in mm. i don't so think that, that, sorry go on no 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 that was i was just fudging my way through the end of an answer that's that's all good <laughs> go for it I don't, I don't think as well you can call yourself a comic historian without knowing what 2000 ad did for comics as well there, there is that that side of things like without 2000 ad you don't have vertigo like yeah. basically the idea of like these these kind of almost like punk comic books made their yeah. way over to america by america literally coming in and taking a load of the writers and the the artists to dc yeah. and yeah, then yeah, vertigo DC after. Loads of people, didn't they? Yeah. No, 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 absolutely i think like like honestly i was thinking about this the other day yeah. even like culturally like yeah. outside of outside of graphic novels and and the 
the comic medium you know the kind of advent of 2008 it's such a boiling point in culture mm. so much of what happens you know not just in um in comics but even kind of culture more broadly i think yeah i don't know what happened because of 2008 but you know late 70s early 80s there's so much of a changing point in like particularly british kind of cultural life yeah. that 2008 speaks to you know whether it's punk rock or you know heavy music or all of that kind of mm. thing it feels like a lot of what happened in in the early days of 2008 was was sort of indicative of the direction the culture was moving in yeah it's powerfully designed to make you feel uncomfortable a lot of the time as well. Yeah. Like, well, with, was... with some of the most amazing artwork you will see in comics as well. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah, the, the we... visuals in 2000 are, are ridiculous and incredible. But that, and that's what's so well good realized. about these audiobooks is that comes across in, in an audio format as well. It's it's so well done. Very, it's, very very, nice. um, it's very grimdark, isn't it? It's mm. almost... Um, this yeah, sort of, it it's, it's beyond dystopia. It's like, it's just abandon hope or ye who enter here well, I mean, it's almost you say, like you say that... grimdark there is a lot of cross-pollination between mm. 2000 AD and Games Workshop there's yeah. quite a lot of talking writers about... and artists that have circulated between the two yeah definitely yeah, yeah talking definitely. about Games Workshop and dystopian futures of uh, that uh in the 41st millennium there's only war um another anecdote because <laughs> why not um we used to I just no, exactly. we need a we need a little jingle for this and now it's time for a anecdote. Anecdotes sponsored by Dettol. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just used to love going around uh, your parents' house, and when we went and played Necromunda, I mean Necromunda, mm. straight out yeah. of 2018. That is, that it, is yeah, literally like, Mega City One. That is they, yeah, it is. Yeah. They it should is. be paying royalties. They really should. Really should. It, I was listening to the pit is. and just thinking. Yeah, it's very, Necromunda is very similar to this. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's pretty well just ripped yeah. off. But, uh, yeah, that was always fun because it was spending an evening with my mates uh, snacking on things and drinking. Well, in this case, it was soft drinks, but, I mean, not much has changed. <laughs> Trying not to knock over scenery. Yeah. <laughs> Trying uh, not also, to speaking over. of bleak... Whoa. Is that to me? Is that to me? What? Knocking over scenery, come on. No, oh, no, just realistically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, speaking about bleak dystopian uh, backdrops, uh, Dan, do you remember when we played a gig at Jarman Park in Hemel Hempstead? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. We, uh, uh, no joke, a week later, it closed. <laughs> <laughs> we played at Jumping Jacks, yeah. which was empty apart from the people we bought. No jumping, bands, no jacks. No jumping, no jacks. Yeah. And we had the green area, which yeah. was the platform upstairs that was only empty because there was no one in the bar. Yeah. Um, I mean, our parents were there. Some friends were there. It was, uh, yeah, bleak. I don't, I don't yeah. think I was at that one, but I always think about you guys playing jumping jacks whenever I watch the Office Christmas special <laughs> and David Brent goes on at Mumbo Jumbos. <laughs> just imagine you guys trying to play in that sort of that it sort was, of uh, disgusting semi club. It was atrocious. It was the it was the it was it was fun, but yeah. it was very under um, attended. <laughs> <laughs> the gig I always remember is I can't remember the name of the place. It was in Luton, and it was in the back room of a club ah, where the, the front Phoenix room club. was. In, it was at the Phoenix where yeah. it was like just loads of guys playing dominoes. Yes. It, and then you were in the back room yeah. with like 
again, I think about five of us. Um, but it was the dominoes because you could still hear them. Yeah, <laughs> from from the bar where the music was. There, was. there was a domino society above, so you had to go through that to get to the toilets. Uh, when you got there, it was half a house. It was clearly half a terraced house where they'd knocked down half of it and then put tarpaulin like over like the, where where it was and then also there was i, I swear i might I, I might be imagining this like heavily exaggerated but i swear there was a car on fire in the car park as well <laughs> like, i think it was a tire i think there was oh, a tire there on you go fire that sounds more realistic park. no 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 but i think but there was like i think the fire is the really important bit of the story because yeah yeah i mean whether it's coming from a car yeah a, like, an open oil Drum, yeah. drum or, you know, or, or just a tire. tire yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, claims Spain though. We we uh, supported Mark Morris. Didn't we? <laughs> we supported Mark Morris from the Blue Tones. If you were um, the one person that didn't know that, <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty good. That was that was the that was the certainly the most um, uh, high profile gig I've ever played, and high profile gig that I've ever played. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Ba- basically, playing to a bunch of people waiting for someone else to come on <laughs> yeah, that's that that's the fate of all support acts yeah. really isn't it <laughs> i remember when dan got his guitar like uh his telecaster and for many years it was i don't know how much he still loves it i'm sure he still does I've but still at one it. point it was certainly you still got it but okay well i know at one point he probably loved it more than any of us no yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean, I see when when we played together, you were using the um the sort of casino, got, uh, like the S three three five, wasn't yeah. it? The dot, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember Very trying nice. to make you play stoner metal covers on that, and it just feedbacking every five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still up for that. Let's just yeah, do that. No, no, no. Yeah. It was, I think it was. I think it was a bold instrument choice for the material. It's, it's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's my only guitar that works properly. So maybe I'll get the telly going. So. Again. As we're talking about music, yeah. this is going to segue nicely. How did you pick, what is it, Thompson and McDonald, who did a lot of the, they did the scores, yeah? Yeah, well, so, I mean, Kate, so those guys are part of our team, so we have an oh. in-house, we have, we have an in-house production team um, who um, embraced this with open arms and worked with, so um, they produced both, uh, Dread Stories and Halo Jones and then Rich Hughes who is an external kind of freelance producer who we do a lot of work with um, and he's a really keen musician and performer uh, did Slain and Brink um, so that was kind of the, the split of labour so yeah so those guys those guys are part of our team um, Kate's an amazing composer and so it sort of settled into a this was never the, the intention from the outset but it settled into a pattern where Kate was doing the majority of the composition and that was kind of informing the sound design and, and Chris was doing most of the hands-on production with talent and directing and so on and was doing the um, the sound design, the actual kind of um, the sound effects and sound sound bed bits uh, as well. So it's kind of a, a lot of it is a big team effort from those guys. Um, and it's, you know, it was an amazing piece of work. Mm. Um, it's not It's not like anything we've done in-house before. You know, this yeah. was there's 360 odd characters across the five titles, 800 minutes of sound design. I think it was 40 recording sessions in four countries across two continents to get it all taped. Like the the 
and that's in lockdown, right? So you're recording, mm. you know, some of those sessions are people in multiple locations, including some people who are at home, one prominent person who was in quarantine in a hotel. <laughs> you know, like it's it the, the just the logistics alone is incredible. Um but yeah, you know, those those guys are part of the team and um kind of just massively stepped up, you know, it was a phenomenal piece of work from them. Absolutely uh, phenomenal. Really was Thank because you. well you'll know but everyone can know on the podcast that uh, a few of us are quite big fans of the synthwave type genre, which is all. And before the disappointment that was Cyberpunk 2077 came out, there were some really good playlists that revolved around that. And listening to what was in uh, America was, I was like, yes. I, I mean, it just. <laughs> you're very lucky to have Kate and Chris because they are phenomenal. That was really good. The music was bang on mm. uh, like the sound effect the soundscape was brilliant and the music was like the opening music is just you're suddenly already on the edge and all the way through you're suddenly all edge and you can't breathe because it's got and it, it's got it's boot on you and you're like and then it finishes you're like i still can't breathe that was exhausting and most of a lot all of that is just to do with the the music, the the atmosphere. I don't need to listen to it now. I'm just going to watch watch Duncan recreate his experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we could do we could do a YouTube stream, couldn't we? Mm. <laughs> Reenacting <laughs> America. Yeah. Rich, um, how how do you think it feels um, to be able to create a more convincing, living, breathing world just by using sound um, than CD Projekt Red managed to do with Twenty Seven? Pretty pretty keen to get your insight on that. I think we are. We had a less. We had a less. Uh, a less challenging scope than. I, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'm really. I'm really happy with this. And by all accounts, that was a disaster, wasn't it? So you know. Let's... Yeah. What was um? Yeah. Do you what think was the relationship Zach's... with 2000 AD like while you were through production? With I mean, because like you, you're obviously the 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 publisher for the audio. Yeah. Books. So did you kind of just like. Was it quite a collaborative yeah. process, or was it more just like they say you've got the rights, go and do it? No, it was really close. Like we've we've been working with them really, really closely the whole way through, and we also so Rebellion, who are the kind of parent company, two thousand AD, we publish their book books as well. So we do a mm-hmm. we do their kind of unabridged science fiction list in audio. So we've got a really close relationship with them. We work with them a lot, um, and they were really involved. So they were really involved in the casting. Um, you know, they were really involved in the selection of the titles. So, you know, mm. we, we knew there were certain things we wanted to, um, you know, we wanted them to feel really contemporary. We were looking for titles that had, that were kind of kind of lend themselves well to audio. So things that weren't too action heavy and, you know, nobody wants to listen to two and a half hours of just pure gunfire. No. So, you know, trying to make sure there were things where you could follow a bit more easily. <laughs> so they... They were really involved in the in that selection. They were really involved in the casting, and that was really close. Um, and it's no, it was it was it was a really collaborative relationship the whole way through. So it's, it's definitely not a case of just you know take the rights and run. Yeah, amazing. Did any of the writers get uh, get get any kind of? Did you get to speak to any of the writers about it or? Yeah, and I like Dan Abnett particularly mm. was quite involved, and and actually we had a really helpful conversation where. We were trying to figure out because in Brink it's really hard to tell 
what accent those characters would speak with. Mm. There's no obvious touch points for mm. whether it's British English or American English. And actually, that so we had a really helpful conversation um, with Dan that turned out that actually he'd been hearing the characters of British in his head the whole way through, mm. um, which was helpful because that's what we were picturing. But it's helpful to have a sense check from the people involved in, in creating it. Um, so he was like was really closely involved. Yeah. Yeah, so it'd be heartbreaking if you put all this work into it and then five seconds in, the writer just goes, oh, no, that's not right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. trying to, yeah, get that kind of engagement yes. and, and just get their opinions on it. Yeah, yeah. and so you're trying to cool. identify intention a lot of the way through. You're trying to get, mm-hmm. you know, what does, how's that meant to sound? What's it meant to feel like? And sometimes you can get that from the comics, but sometimes you've got to sort of work your way through it and figure it out. So, um, yeah, definitely. So yeah. they've not been they've not been out for too long yet. Um, they're out has... tomorrow. They're, okay, so they've been out for they've been out for pre-orders just before Christmas. They're actually out tomorrow. So excellent. So they've been, so, so they've been available on pre-order for quite a while. Um, how, how's it looking? I mean, what was uh, is the uptake positive? I mean, let's keep it yeah. vague, obviously. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's it's you know we've been in the kind of pre-order charts on Audible pretty much since we announced them, and and like, as we've been. Um, talking about them more and more over the last few weeks, you know, we've been at various points pretty close to the top of those charts. Mm. That feels really positive. Brilliant. You know, we just have to we just have to wait and see. But it, you know, it feels like there's been a lot of engagement with the announcements that we've made, and certainly when we started talking about casting and so on, there's there's been some excitement and lots of people talking about it. So it feels really positive. Yeah. Are you, are you thinking of doing more of these? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting. I mean, I suppose it's not that. It's weird, isn't it? It's it's not that different to an audio book in the sense that you're not adapting the text, but then it is a completely different way of actually interpreting that that story. Uh, presumably, a lot more work than locking somebody in a recording studio with a copy of their own book and a glass of water and just telling them to get on with it, which, as far as I'm concerned, is all you need to do with a normal audio book. <laughs> just, just, just a, a, a bottle of whiskey uh, and a pack yeah. of cigarettes. Yeah. Mind yeah. the gap. Do it, do it better or we'll get Stephen in to do it for you. <laughs> He's right out there. Did I hear my name? <laughs> yeah. I'm a national fucking treasure. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, this is a far more involved production in in from every you know the the choosing the story planning it scoring it the soundscape you've got to cast it yeah so it's a pretty involved process but is is it something that you think you would like to try and explore more of yeah like i mean it is like even if you weren't doing the sound design just getting that range of voices cast Mm. and you know we've done some kind of full cast audio books in the past and those are they're a ton of work mm. the logistics are really complicated the edit's much more complicated you've got a much more um, difficult challenge just getting you know just basics like getting the levels right making sure it's all balanced correctly and, and like the post-production on those is, is much more complex and then throw in you know you're doing if you're if you're creating sound design for these you know a day's work gives you minutes of sound design mm. you, know, you know a full a full day's composition Mm. It is is like you know is a few minutes of of the the score. So if you think these are two and a half, three three and a half, in one case hours long, like just 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 multiply that out, and the volume of work on these is is way uh, 
in excess of what you normally do but the listening experience is like it's really rich and complex and there's loads going on in there and it's really rewarding and i think yeah adapting these kind of stories definitely and then it makes you think you know we've been working over the last few years on what what can you do to make a book that feels like it shouldn't make sense in audio like a really engaging listening experience how can you get emotion into a story how can you get action into a story if you need to but i think this just raises the bar for Mm. what you can do in audio um and what you might look at as a publisher and think you know 10 years ago we would have just written that off and today actually do you know what we'll have a go you know we can see a way of making that a really kind of engrossing great listening experience so So also there's there's four people here uh who are more than happy to lend their voices to any uh upcoming productions uh you know any big heroes what dan with his soft honey like tones over there We've i mean it, yeah I, I can only do uh northern or yeah. uh occasionally welsh if i can get it right and, yeah. and uh or adam driver slash george lucas slash kermit the frog <laughs> yeah hmm. that, so that, we'll, that's get, we'll get that all down yeah. we'll get that all down that's your that. that's your official acting bio is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all well, of them pretty convincing though but yeah, yeah. when well, i used to work on uh at um what was it? RBS on the telephones. There was always a w- couple of women who rang up going, "Oh, you've got a voice for radio." So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm I think saying they meant face that. the radio. Don't clearly, <laughs> clearly haven't listened to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't. No, no. Well, this was before podcasting. The glories of podcasting days. So, um, yes. Yeah. Well, no, I can be professional. <laughs> so they get some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah so we're available just, yeah, no, you're, just, you're all yeah. very high on my next round of casting shortlist of course, so, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. If, we, if we're talking comic characters I'd like to play Gambit please yeah consider cool. it done cool. let's, let's, have your, let's have your best Creole accent then <laughs> you really want me to do this yeah <laughs> you might come across as offensive so <laughs> um no fair enough <laughs> No, I'm just not doing it. No, I'll, uh, do it. I'll do. I'll do you and McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi for when you guys get the rights to Star Wars. Obviously, yeah. um, obviously excellent. Thank you. Obviously, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Russ has the same voice as someone I work with, so <laughs> I'll, I'll play him. That might be, that <laughs> might be quite. Him, yeah. yeah, that might be quite interesting. <laughs> who would be your like? Who should who'd be your number one? Like, if you could play any character, who are you going for? Who do you want to be? What me personally. Well, yeah, I couldn't be, act I my it. way out of a wet paper bag, so probably someone who stands there and does very little. <laughs> <laughs> Comes across Droid, really well Droid on the audio. Number, mm. Droid number four. Yes. <laughs> Any tree. <laughs> tree. <laughs> um, no, for me, for me, it would be Obi Wan. He's uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, one of the bad, most badass Jedi of all time. I think. Well, also, you Perfect. do get personal lessons from your your good friend Ewan McGregor. So. Absolutely. Yeah, mm. I get coached by the man himself. <laughs> the man, the man with a similar name himself, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would probably do because uh, uh, I'm quite proud of it in Panther <laughs> uh, when I was Gollum. So <laughs> nice. I was quite pleased with that. Toast, Toast of London, or um, or any Matt Berry characters in general. <laughs> yeah. Fire the nuclear weapons. Fire the nuclear weapons. <laughs> 
fire the nuclear weapons. Yeah, <laughs> one of my my favourite characters yeah. of, of all time from anything is Sam Vimes, and if you can get this applied to the Discworld, I will be your eternal servant. <laughs> whatever way you deem fit. So just just bear that in mind as well. <laughs> yeah, Sam Vimes is one that's really difficult as well. Mm. How do you do? How do you do him? Well, Probably he, won't plan it out on the pod tonight. He's he's kind of yeah. He's, he's just a guy, <laughs> yeah, really, isn't he? Let's so, cast it. Let's cast it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're going on a girl <laughs> asking. <laughs> World Cup of Sam Vines. Uh, let's start with all the voices we can think of. Uh, we need to announce the winner. That's a good point. Actually, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, we'll yeah. get to that in a second. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I need to um, just go. Is, is, is there a producer talking in your ear or something that we don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you need to do you need to go? I think where this one's actually going. Even but, yeah. into anything. Yeah, it's all for show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're back in just yeah. Okay, uh, here we go. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> my my concern is that Tom isn't socially distancing with you and McGregor, who I would think <laughs> is inevitably about to turn up. Did we say his name? Depends how, depends how big a box is keeping him in, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> Did we say Ewan McGregor's name too many times? I think he's got a new printout, so this one might not have the lines across it like the last one did. I mean, Ewan McGregor <laughs> might not have the oh, lines across it. Tom his has like left the one. Zoom call and somebody else is here. <laughs> there not he quite is. aligned properly. Hello, boys. <laughs> Needs to be a bit closer. There he is. Uh, hello, boys. Hello. Hey, Ewan. How are you doing? That's uh, great. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's great to be here. I just I thought I'd drop in uh, just to see how everyone was doing, especially to wish a happy birthday to my very good friend, Dan. But, oh, but, we're friends. Well, well good. Done. Cool. Absolutely. Uh, happy yeah. birthday. It's thank fabulous you. to see you. Ewan, sorry you lost out on the 2008 audiobook gig that must have been a bit of a blow i have to admit it was a bit of a it was a bit of a blow after submitting several <laughs> several tapes of my voice to rich's personal email addresses to be ignored so brazenly by this person down here I, i'm only kidding rich i think you've done a fantastic job and it was great to see uh, so, oh, where's oh, Rich gone? gone? <laughs> oh, he's gone. He's, he's just left. He's gone in disgust. I, I scared him away. That's that's mm. terrible. I can't <laughs> believe he didn't stand, stare to face the music <laughs> of Moulin Rouge. Right. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you are. Hello there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you better, anyway. better luck next time. Absolutely. Well, it's fine. The the Obi Wan Kenobi series is uh, is is basically what I'm pinning my retirement on. Uh, so you know it's okay. In your retirement need... on a series that has been confirmed to have Hayden Christensen in it. So good, good luck good with luck. that. <laughs> yes, I mean, look, we can all forgive past uh, performances in films, can but we... but Hayden Christensen is actually awful on so many levels <laughs> that you know I, I can't stress enough how terrible he is as a human being, not just as an actor. Yeah. Well, you and it's lovely to talk to you, but I mean, we are an hour and a bit into this podcast, so. Uh... If you if you wouldn't mind letting Tom put you back in your little box, absolutely, yeah. that's fine. But look, I just want to say happy birthday, Dan. Well done to you and to everyone else on the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast uh, for continuing with what you're doing. And Rich, pleasure to see you again uh, when we collaborate on the next series of books, which we will collaborate on. I'm delighted. Have you ever worked with a sheet of paper before, Rich? Why, why is his forehead <laughs> getting bigger? I mean, I work in books, so I do it quite frequently. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, look. Bye, boys. Bye. I'll see you soon. Yeah, bye. <laughs>
Oh, Ewan. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, he's, he's actually going to the lens of turning it off back on again. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's just put it down. It, no. <laughs> well, he's got to change his name back from Ewan McGregor now he, as well. The important thing is, minutes, yeah. it keeps him happy. It really does. It really Worryingly does, yeah. so, but, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, where were we? Where, how are you? Oh, Tom's and back. I'm back. Hey guys, how's it going? Yes, definitely. Cool. <laughs> right, That's come on. We're, we're, we're overrunning quite, uh, well, not very much, but, you know, we do have a tendency hey. to self-indulgence. Daniel. What? Yeah. Winner, winner of End the... End the suspense. Winner of the World Cup of TV themes, which is, feels like it's gone on for four years now. Um, the winner, the, the finalists were Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Red Dwarf. Mm-hmm. The winner won by two votes in the end. Rich, who would you have picked? I did pick, but I'm not going to tell you until Dan's revealed the winner, because you might blame me. <laughs> there was, yeah, the winner won by two votes. There was 80 votes for one and and 78 for the other, I think it was. The winner was Red Dwarf. Yay! Yay! Correct. 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 It had a late. I don't know why we bother asking people their opinions when we've got the right ones already? It had a late exactly. resurgence. Um, like it started off really, really far behind, but then the last you, few did days. Did you build a botnet to vote for it, Dan? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> gents, too much time on our hands. My own account. Yep. Um, but, <laughs> but aside from them, yeah, and a couple of the other ones I set up for a laugh. The the arsehole archers and um and um repaint the mona lisa um so yeah they they might have voted as well so but, yeah it was set up honestly, for a very we specific believe in joke. democracy yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Do so we? so we'll come back in a couple of weeks maybe with a new world cup of something i've got an idea but we'll, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that later. you voted for fresh prince didn't you rich really it's it's not a superior tv show Mm. it is a superior theme tune it's a really good i mean you're wrong but we love you anyway (laughs) (laughs) russ has been russ has been like as animated i think as i've seen russ about this well you Mm. finally talked about something that interests me (laughs) (laughs) how long have we been doing this now four years and it's finally happened yeah has it been four years I, I, I just guessed that, but it's all such a haze because I don't really pay attention. <laughs> Has it been four years? Yeah, about that, yeah. And it's been yeah. quite a while. And yeah. before, when you used to do it all together, it was a haze for a different, completely different reason. Yeah, it was a bit misty the in the fuck. room, but yeah. yeah. Um, all the poppers. Yeah, that is the, the rightful winner crowned in their place for all time. Rich, where can we find these audiobooks? Uh, anywhere you buy digital audiobooks, so Audible, Apple Books, Google Play, many other places, but those those are the main three, I would say. Rich, what is an audiobook? We should have started with that one, really. Yeah. Alright, let's keep it tight. How do you spell audiobook? <laughs> uh, when people are Googling it. A, A-D-Y book. There you go. Excellent. Brilliant. That would probably work anyway. There you go. It's close enough. Google will predict it anyway. Google, so Google will figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the fact that we've even had a conversation with it probably means that it'll come up on our on uh, on our adverts anyway now. So that's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Alexa will be chasing you. Wonderful. Oh, exactly. Literally chasing me. Mine's got legs. Okay. Yeah. With Thomas A. They are amazing. If if you know if if they're stories you're familiar with, if they're stories you're not mm. familiar with, get. Give them, give them a chance. They are 
a really interesting experience, but, no matter what your relationship with the story is already. They are a must-listen for comic fans, and they are an interesting listen for, for people that are that have haven't listened to the comics in themselves especially america which is scarily relevant considering that was made 30 years ago yeah it's written in 1990 and yeah, yeah you're right you said it earlier like it yeah. feels like it could have been written this year yeah it's yeah. completely up to date it really is yeah really thank really you guys though, all of them so yeah thanks rich thank you you're too kind thank no you very much no worries so there we go that is the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast, live stream and audio podcast for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. If you are watching us on the YouTube live stream, thank you very much. Wave. Everyone wave. Wave to them. That's what they want. That's what they like us That's to do. That's what you want. That's what I want, isn't it? Uh, also, thanks very much for listening to us on the audio podcast. Uh, I'll go and do the thank yous in a second, but just to say, if you want to interact with us or talk to us about anything that we've spoken about today, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook using the handle at TMTOOH. Don't forget to check the bio of our Instagram for the link to our Discord channel because there is all sorts of stuff going on on there. There's all kinds of chats from games hardware to games to um, Dan's other podcast that he does, which is Wandering WandaVision, which is when him and Terry and Steve, when they get together and they talk about the uh, series that is currently on Disney+. Plus. We, we're going to be going past WandaVision. We're going to be just covering the Marvel series now, we've decided. Um, and with a brief break to shit on the Snyder Cut, which I'm hoping to get everyone else involved in, if you're up for it. Do we um, have to watch it? Yeah. Four hours. You've got to watch I'm, it. I am not I paying money four hours. to spend four hours watching that. I'll lend you whatever. Um, I, it's... <laughs> And we're going to be ranking all the Christopher Nolan films as well. But then we're going to go hardcore Marvel after that. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. So as you can see, lots and lots of content coming your way. Uh, once again, thanks very much for joining us on the stream. Thanks very much for listening to us on the podcast if you did that. Rich from Penguin Random House, thank you very much for joining us to talk to us about 2000 AD and all the exciting stuff that you guys are doing. Employ everyone out there to go to anywhere you can buy an audiobook and get these because they are phenomenal piece of work uh we're gonna say goodbye stan oh goodbye Ta-da. we're gonna say goodbye to russ later we're gonna say goodbye Duncan. bonsoir we're gonna say goodbye to rich Guten Nacht. it's gonna be a goodbye from me it's gonna be a final happy birthday to dan the man happy birthday, dan. Happy birthday, dan. thank you so much guys and on that note let's cue the music <laughs>